back to the Coastly Distinct Podcast. This is your boy, DJ KO. I'm glad you guys tuned back in. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's show. Uh, I had a lot of great comments, had a lot of great information that you guys sent to me. Uh, I'm going to continue to do what I need to do to empower my people. I'm glad you guys give me that voice. Uh, continue to uh, subscribe, continue to tell a friend, to tell a friend. We're going to keep doing it. As long as you keep giving me positive information and positive feedback, I'm going to keep doing it. All right? So I thank you guys. Once again, I have my hat on, as you can see. Shout out to all of my... First of all, shout out to all my HBCUs. I, I don't want to put down no HBCUs, but we, you know, Southern University, shout out to Southern University. We have homecoming this week. And I was just, you know, letting you guys know what it was, you know, so I had to represent... So shout out to all my Jaguars and Jaguar land down in Baton Rouge. I will see you guys Friday night. Okay, I can't tell you what I'll be doing. But anyway, that's another story in itself. So today, guys, uh, <laughs> we have a special guest today. Uh, I think it's a great show. It's going to be a great show for us. I think the information that's going to be expressed today is going to be helpful for not just uh, us as individuals, but us as a collective and as a community. So uh, I'd like to everybody to welcome to the show, Miss Joseph. Kosha, 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 Joseph. Hello, everybody. How you doing today, ma'am? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's, it's been a great hump day so far. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Kosha, so what, uh, what we was talking about offline, I didn't want the people to get jealous too early, you know, <laughs> because, you know, you have that Jaguar blood and you also... You know? I absolutely do. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody else. I'm sorry, but, you know. Yes, that's just raised me. in Baton Rouge. So let's get into it. So you were born and raised in Baton Rouge. Tell us a little right. bit more about yourself. Well, um, of course. Um, from Baton Rouge, I've been living in Houston, Texas for the past four years. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor. When I first moved to Houston, I was pretty much working in private practice. However, now I have a behavior outpatient company um, where we have two, well, actually three locations. We have a location in Southwest Houston, Katy, and as well as Austin. Mm -hmm. um, so what we do is we provide services to the community. We meet the clients where they are. So it's not like traditional therapy where they're coming, sitting on a couch. Um, we provide those services out in the field. I still love doing my mentoring. I still love doing my coaching and I love all things mental health. So that's awesome. That's, yeah. that, that's awesome. So Kosha, let's get into it. First thing I want to, I want to express, I know as a community and you probably could give me these statistics better than, you know, the, the normal person. I know in our community, when I say our community, I'm speaking of our black community. I know therapy is a a topic. It's like a uh, topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about. A lot of us need it. A lot of us uh, desire it, but we're afraid to go to it, or we're afraid to uh, just seek out seek out help. Uh, why you think Why you think that's one of the issues in our community? I think like back in the days, you know, mental health just wasn't something that was on the forefront at all. Um, recently, you know, over the years, it's become something more prevalent, something people are paying more attention to. People are getting diagnosed versus than when they were back then. 
And it's just been this stigma that mental health therapy is something bad. Stemming from the fact of mental health, because when people think of mental health, they're thinking of someone that's crazy and, you know, can't control their themselves. But it's so much more to it than that as a person that has schizophrenia, a bipolar, um, major, major mental health issues. Um, but they're small things, right? Like anxiety and depression, that's considered a mental health issue. Um, and a lot of people in the world deal with those two, more certainly. Um, but some people are still shame um, and hesitant about pursuing therapy because they don't want to be labeled okay. as crazy. Um, so they don't do it. They don't do it. Um, so I just think just the stigma over time that mental health therapy has just been this, this bad thing, or it just labels you as being a crazy person has prevented a lot of people from pursuing it. Um, however, I have seen an increase of individuals seeking therapy versus, you know, over the past couple of years, but um, we still have a lot of ground to break. Yes, yes. So let me ask you about uh, awareness, the importance of awareness. Because uh, I know a lot of a lot of us don't, we're not aware of what's going on mm -hmm. from just ourselves and just our behavior. Um, what are some signs for as self-awareness that we can see that, okay, well, it seems like I'm affecting things around me. I'm affecting my family. I'm affecting my job, workplace. I'm injecting, I mean, infecting just everywhere I go. I'm in a grocery store and, and I'm infect. I'm, I'm, I'm being a disturbance basically. Uh, right. What are some signs that uh, we can find within ourselves to see, okay, I have, I have something going on that I need to get checked out. We always look at uh, definitely how often things happen. Um, we also look at the settings that they happen. Um, whether it's happening in one setting, at home, in the community, at work. Um, and we also have to look at being aware that things that we're doing is affecting other people, yeah. right? And when we may have more than one person saying those things, that may give us the inkling that maybe, you know, there is a problem somewhere. A lot of times we hear people say, oh, that's just how I am. In a sense, we are who we are as people, but behaviors, the way that we handle situations, the way that we handle, handle anger, the way that we cope with certain situations, it affects us. And I always say that if there's anyone that's just living in today's world, period, that's not being affected in some type of way, that would be a person that I would definitely want to talk to. Because I would want to see like, what is it that you're doing to manage to where you're just not affected by anything, you would just really have to be a closed off person. So you have to look at symptoms. You have to look at if you're being sad, if you're causing arguments with people all the time, if you're, um, you know, dealing with certain conduct. You know, we we look at breaking things, throwing things, you know, verbal abuse. All of those things can be direct symptoms of some type of something that's going on. Mm -hmm. Depression. ADHD, anxiety, uh, adjustment disorder, there are a number of things. Um, and sometimes symptoms can be so close together, which is why as therapists, we use uh, 
the DSM-5 a lot, a, a lot, which is basically a manual that we look at to look at what these criteria are. Because you may have bipolar symptoms that are similar to other symptoms of another diagnosis. So it's important to be able to decipher the two to determine that, okay, hey, it's not the same, same thing. But self-awareness, we have to realize sometimes, and, and not even that, just taking accountability that something's wrong. Yeah, because I noticed that, I know, notice in most of our relationships, and I'm talking about from our personal relationships with our wives or husbands or just with our significant others, we don't take accountability in the things that we do. Because one, we don't know and we're not aware. Right. Uh, it's some things that I want to, I want to, I, I had some terms that I want to talk about today. Uh, and maybe we can get into it and maybe you could give examples of what it looks like, especially when it, in terms of, you know, relationship. Uh, the first one is projection. Everybody use these terms as projection and, and projecting a certain behavior towards a certain individual because of how I feel or how that individual feels about themselves. So they project that on someone else. So is there any kind of any examples that you can give? Uh, to show projection? Uh, sometimes in projection, you may have a person that may say, hey, you know, um, or specifically, if a person that knows that they've, they've done something wrong, but they may blame it on someone, someone else. Mm -hmm. They may not take accountability for that. Um, but you may hear, hear people say sometimes, I did this because you did. That's not taking accountability. You're projecting your stuff on that other person. Right. So a lot of that happens in relationships because there's this imbalance. You know, one person may want to be here and the other person wants to be here. So a lot of times it's fighting. And we have to understand that as being individual, as individuals were different and we've been raised different. So we can't do things that we weren't taught. Right. So sometimes we're learning as we go. We have some relationships where, I mean, in my practice, I've seen people say, okay, hey, this person doesn't tell me they love me. Well, growing up, they didn't have a person to tell them that they love them. So they can't give you what they've never received. Mm. Now, some people will try it to, to, to break that stigma, but at the same time, they just can't do it. And you have to know with differences with people, what they're capable of. And that goes back to knowing the person that you're with as well. So that's kind of like a sense of projection. Um, Countertransference is kind of like a term that we use in therapy when we kind of project and take our feelings um, and project them on someone else. It's different. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of looks like that in a relationship standpoint. That's good because... I know, at, well, we all know, we know that happens all the time. And building each other is, is difficult. Like you said, you use the term, it's like, you got to know your partner. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, knowing your partner, that's kind of difficult because I don't know myself. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's, that's, that's important. So I guess knowing yourself or getting to know yourself or being comfortable with, I guess, your insecurity mm -hmm. or with your downfalls or the things that you wasn't taught. And how can I give that to somebody else? So that's good. So and not only that, being verbal about it. Yes. You know, a lot of times people in relationships don't take the time to have certain conversations. Nowadays, you have to have deeper conversations. You have to be honest about certain things. You have to be able to give that person the choice 
if that's something they want to deal with or not. Right. And once that person makes that choice, then they're helping you through that process. Um, a lot of times it's still hard. It's still different because you're you're constantly evolving. You're constantly growing. And you have a person that's growing with you. But do you also have some people that in some instances are set in their ways? Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not going to change. And then you have to sit with the, the question is, okay, if this is not going to be something changing, is this something that I still can deal with? You, you use the key term, say, evolve, right? Evolvement. Uh, I know in certain situations, uh, in a perfect world, of course, we hope to evolve together, either from a financial standpoint to a physical standpoint to a mental everywhere but in real life it doesn't happen that way one person grows and another person is stagnant vice versa mm-hmm. so when that happens what does a person do and i'm not saying as a relation like not in relation advice but for as just the psychology of it what does a person do when i'm i'm attempting to grow or i'm attempting to to stretch myself beyond what i'm normally doing and the other person isn't you know what I'm saying? So what does a person do? Communication is a big thing with that. Okay. Um, communicating thoughts and feelings is 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 important. Some some situations you have where people are always feeling like they may be doing more than the other or they may be doing something that the other is not willing to do. So when you are evolving and you're growing, you know, I always tell people being in relationships, being married, that's work. You're not the same person that you were three months ago, six months ago, one year ago, right? So when you're changing, your partner is having to adjust to that change. In some instances, yeah, some people can't handle it and they can't deal with it. So it causes a friction and a breakup. But in the sense, it's all what you're willing to look at and see and understanding that, okay, this person is not perfect. This person is growing. Either I'm going to adjust or I'm going to kind of move on. And that's kind of the the two things that each individual battles. So when you ask the question of what does a person do, yeah. it really depends on what that situation looks like. Because if you feel in that situation that this person is not trying to compromise, not trying to budge, it's just not going to change, then you have to figure out what that answer is without involving them. Is this something I'm going to continue to deal with? Or what can I do in that situation to make things a little bit better? So that's good. That's good. I appreciate that. That's that's real good. Good information. So the next one, the next term I want to give is uh, repression. When when a person is uh, showing examples of repression, what is that? What does that look like? It's pretty much kind of like scale back. Um, in a sense, like say, for instance, if a person is, is, is on a great path to being better, um, or a person is on a path to recovery and they have a fallback in that, which is to be expected. That kind of is what regression looks like. Um, in certain situations, people feel like, okay, Hey, I need you to change this, right? A person may be taking efforts and steps to change that but they may fall back. It's to be expected because things don't change overnight. It has to kind of 
happen multiple times, but some people, and it's all about giving people grace and, 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 and recognizing that efforts do matter. Right. right. And saying that, okay, Hey, if I'm making the effort to make some type of change, but I may, I may mess up one time or I may fall back, or I've been on this good track of, of getting better, but now I'm back down in the dumps again. That's good. It, it looks as if it's like a form of regression because you're not progressing. Got you. Got you. It's like, kind of like, is it kind of like dumbing yourself down? Yeah. And, and sometimes when people just give up, they just like, I don't want to work toward it anymore. I don't want to do it. You know, so all of that stuff kind of goes back and they may go back to their old ways. Some people say, you know, start doing things that they used to do um, or they kind of fall off. All of that kind of looks the same. So rationalization, when a person rationalizes, uh, what does that look like? Well, that looks different in certain situations as well. When you are having conversation and you're trying to rationalize, um, one person is trying to prove their point. The other person is trying to prove their point. So a lot of times, even in arguments or even, even in debates or conversations, they're trying to rationalize with each other in regards to getting that other person to understand exactly what's going on and how they're feeling. But in some of those incidents, you're, you're, when you're doing it, you're not taking the understanding of the other person. You're only trying to get what you're trying to say, get to say across. So it kind of looks as if in certain situations, you're not listening to understand. Instead, you're coming back with a lot of things and you're trying to rationalize in regards to whatever that behavior was as well. Got you. Got you. So let's talk about you. I see that you're a national certified counselor. You're mm -hmm. certified in clinical trauma. Mm -hmm. You also certified as an anger management specialist. Mm -hmm. And and then you have your, you know, your own uh, the safe space counseling and consulting yes. business. How do you manage all this stuff and still remain sane? It's hard. It's it's hard. Um it's it's about finding balance and setting boundaries. Um, and that's something that you kind of have to learn to do. I know initially when I got into private practice, it was, it was never my goal to be in private practice full time, because you think if you're in private practice and you're counseling people for six to eight hours a day, and then you have to come home, you got all this stuff filtering in your mind. And it's kind of hard to not take on people's issues at times. So I've always said, I just wanted to do it part-time because I didn't want to get burned out. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be mentally pressed with a lot of those things. So it was all about finding balance. I have certifications in different areas to where, you know, I'm trained to work with people um, that have a lot of trauma, foster care, children, people that are dealing with a lot of anger management and things like that. Now I'm more so on a the administrative side of running my business versus actually doing the work. So that's different. Um, but it has taken me to set major boundaries in regards to that and focus also on my self-care because I always look at the situation as if I'm not okay, then the people around me, the people that I serve, I have nothing to give them. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure that I'm good. And so by, by any means necessary, I do that. The reason why I ask that question because I know most of us we uh we may have issues or I ain't gonna say issues because that's like a negative word. We may have uh setbacks 
but we cover it up with our professional uh, titles or we stay busy, you know, and staying busy, we just put it all to the side and say, well, you know, I can't, I can't get to that right now, but eventually I will get to that. And I wanted to know, like, what does, like, how does a person unpack all that stuff and get down to the core and say, okay, it's time for me to get down to what I need to get down to so I can handle what I need to handle? The more percentage of people don't unpack it. Oh, okay. It comes, it comes falling down on them because they sweep it under the rug and they suppress it because they don't want to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. But eventually, you're going to have to deal with it. And then you have some people that realize that, hey, I got some stuff that I got to deal with. And they take those steps to deal with it, i.e. therapy may be one. I need to be able to process these things. And it's important that we process things because we may not understand a lot of stuff, but we have to, people run away from feelings. Okay. In a sense. They don't want to feel hurt. They want to, don't want to feel sad, but, but that's a part of being human. So I always tell my clients sometimes, you got to allow yourself to feel. It's okay to be able to decompress and process what you're dealing with and what you're going through so you can move on and you're not harboring that inside. Because I've seen when people do that so much and sometimes it comes out in a negative way. It does because it's just bottled up. You know, I counsel a lot of people that have a lot of tra uh, childhood trauma. Right. Things that are just bottled up, things they haven't spoken about that affects them in their adult everyday life. So I always tell people that when we're faced with things and, and people do use titles, but I always tell people like hey, titles are titles. We're human first. I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. I have a therapist, right? Okay. I'm human first. So at the end of the day, just because you have a certain profession does not mean that you're exempt from going through things. It doesn't mean that you handle things better than the next person because you may not be able to. Sometimes people in certain professions, it's easy for them to tell people how to handle things. But when it comes to themselves, they battle with implementing it in their own lives. It's just different. So most people do mask that, you know, when they're feeling down, or I'm, de I'm depressed. Let me just keep going. Let me just keep going. Let me just, but eventually you're going to get tired and it's going to come crumbling down on you and you're going to have to deal with it. I see a lot of people that have to come and unpack a lot of things and we have to go back years and years and years. But if you're not addressing these things, they're going to be there. They're not going to go anywhere. And we also have to understand that some things that we go through in life, we can't change it. Right, right. So we can't stress about it. We have to figure out how to cope, deal with it, and figure out how we're going to move forward to where it's not affecting us as much. And look, one thing you said that I'm happy you said, you said you're a therapist that, ha that has a therapist. That's very important. Yeah. You know, a lot of therapists that I know personally, they would never go to another therapist. I don't know out of ego or out of pride or what, I don't know, but... You're the first per first therapist yeah. I heard say that. And I see therapists. I have clients that have been therapists. Um, we 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 have a lot that we have to bear. Yes. Outside of our everyday lives, managing our households, we manage a lot with seeing clients and dealing with the mental health spectrum of that. So sometimes we need an outlet too. I always think of therapy being an outlet. This is a place where you can go and sit and talk with someone and work through things 
you know, without being judged, you know, sometimes it's helpful just to go and sit and talk to someone and just get it out without even having someone to say anything back necessarily, but helping you process things, look at things a different way. Mm -hmm. It's important. I feel like when we take care of ourselves physically, we have to take care of ourselves mentally too, right. because there's cer certain things can be so, so heavy. Depression is heavy. Anxiety is heavy. Um, I've seen so many people lose their lives to depression, um, different mental health issues. So it's really important for people to talk about things and to process things. Um, I hate when people come to me and they're saying things like, you know, I don't have anyone to talk to, or I don't have any, any place to go or anyone that'll listen. Um, and so that's kind of difficult. It's difficult as a therapist, because guess what? When you come home, you're, you're maxed out. Right. Mentally, you're maxed out. And in that instance, what do you have to give your household? So your self-care and everything is very important, but it's a must. That's that's heavy, though. When you have individuals that talk to hundreds of people a day, they might catch the subway to work. They might, you know, work around a lot of people, but they come home and they have a house full of individuals, but in their mind, they have nobody to talk to. So in saying that, how important it is to have a safe space? It's very important. First of all, what is a safe space and how important it is to have one? I look at a safe place as an outlet. Okay. I always tell people, I need you to find your outlet. I need you to find that safe person, that safe place, whether it's your closet, your car, a specific person or friend. I need you to find an outlet to where you can talk and process things without being judged because a lot of people don't talk to other people because that's a fear of theirs. They don't want to be judged. They don't want to, they don't want to be talked about. They don't want to be labeled. Right. right. So they, they shun away from that. And then the trust is there too. So it has to be a person that you feel that you can trust as well, but it's very important because certain things you can't tell to everyone but you need to be able to process. And a lot of times when people tell me, you know, well, Miss Kosher, you know, I just, I, I can't identify that right now. Okay, that's fine. I need you to grab a journal and write it down. Okay. I need you to get it out some kind of way. So it is important to be able to have some type of outlet to release that. So that, so that it's not on us. Right, right. But you said something journal. So a journal is, so let me ask you this. Because I'm a man, of course, as you can see, <laughs> do men typically don't journal? Is it? Is, is that something? Is that like a, a demographic thing or like a I culture? Think I think it is. When you say journaling, you know, men be like, I don't know, like, no, I ain't finna journal. Right. You know, I have some people that do voice notes in their phone. You know, uh, finding other ways to be able to, to decompress and talk to that. Cause sometimes like even with men, they may not have another man that they can talk to. They may not, they may have a wife or a girlfriend or a spouse, but they can't talk to them. Right. So it causes them to, of course, okay, I need to be able to talk to somebody else. So then you have a person that's constantly trying to find someone to talk to. Cause I just need an outlet. Right. So I'm just looking for anyone who's going to listen at this but it's not a bad thing to be able to journal. But yes, definitely sometimes with men, 
it's like journaling which is like nah I'm not gonna be writing it down you know so you know it's it's definitely other ways to try to decompress and for the, for the most part some people can identify that particular person um that they can talk to and I just try to help them with utilizing that out a little bit more I call but even though this is not in the DSM-4 right I made my own I made my own uh uh, ther therapist place safe 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 space uh, for men. I guess the awakening. So you know what Cheers is, right? Yes. So where everybody knows your name. Yes. Most men go to places where everybody knows their name and where they feel comfortable. That's their safe space. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. That's awesome. So. So I need to know exactly where can people find you and uh, for as if they need any help or any guidance or any, you know, assistance with their well-being, with their mental health, anything. Because uh, I see that you have a lot of great information. That's why I brought you on because, you know, I heard a lot about you. Shout out to my girl, Deanna, you know. I had I had to shoot her out, you know, I told her, I said, I'm going to shout you out. If I don't, she says she's going to get on me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so shout out to Deanna, boss chick of Houston. I see you, girl. All right. All right. You got your shout out. Now leave me alone. Now, <laughs> but how can people, uh, how can people find you, Kosher? I am on Facebook as She Counsels. Okay. I am on Instagram as She Counsels. My website is safeplacecounseling.org. And I can be reached on LinkedIn as well as Kosha Joseph. Okay. But they can also put in She Counsels. It's pretty much across the board to where it'll actually pull up. Okay. Yeah, I saw what you got going. And you got an event coming up, right? I do have an event coming up. Yes, I have a mental health event tomorrow with the artist Anaya. Okay. Um, her new EP that she just released is basically um, based off her going through some postpartum depression. Mm. All of her songs are relating to her dealing with something after the birth of her child. So uh, myself and my other two ladies in the mental health field will be questioning, asking her questions based off those songs. And we're talking about mental health, you know, how to get through it, you know, asking her you know, how she was able to push through, you know, helping other women and, and just giving tips on what that looks like. Because again, nobody's exempt. You have artists, like people, we have to look at titles. You know, we talked about that a little earlier. Um, and one thing I can say, my therapist, you know, shout out to my therapist, you know, she asked me one day, she said, you know, I hear you talking about, you being a therapist, you being a mother, you being a wife, you being a sister, a daughter. I hear you saying that you're all of this, but who are you without those titles? Mm. And I got very quiet because I was not able to answer that. And that's because my titles have become me for so long, for so long to where I couldn't even say, well, who, who is, who, who is me? So it made me really do some deep-rooted thinking to figure out, okay, hey, let me remove these titles and figure out who exactly I am. So regardless of what our 
you know, livelihood is, what type of industry we're in. Again, I always go back to the fact that we're human. We're going to experience things. We're going to deal with things. Um, not everyone deals with them the correct way, right? Some people will turn to drugs. Some people will turn to alcohol versus talking to someone because they're not able to feel in that moment. Right. But it doesn't make things go away. Nobody's exempt. Nobody. Nobody's exempt. That's good. So it's good that we're able to learn how to cope and deal with the everyday struggles of life. That's good. When you take away mother from some people. Yeah. Take away All they know is being a mother. All they right. know is being a mother. Right. And you know, but who are you outside of being a mother? You know, and, it, and you hear a lot of people and you see a lot of people say, you know, I have to find me again. I have to get back to, to figuring out who I am as a person, because when we have all these titles, these are like our jobs. These are these are things that we have to fulfill. And we get so consumed in that we lose ourselves without even knowing it. If you ask a person a question and say, OK, hey, tell me something good about yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of times mm, they it's struggle like, with that. Absolutely. <laughs> but if you say, tell me something bad about yourself, oh my God, you're going to probably get a list. <laughs> so it, 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 it's easy for people to see what's wrong versus seeing what's right. So even in me giving people that activity to say, okay, hey, no, I need this list to be outweighed. I need you to be able to find something about yourself that you like outside of everything else. And sometimes that realization helps a lot of people. Coach, that's good. I can't, look, see, the thing is, I can't let you give all your secrets away. These people, look, that seek your guidance and your counsel, they got to come to uh, the safe place, okay? Yes. Because I just want to have a conversation because I'm pretty sure people are going to be reaching out to you because this is good. Not just for women, but for men also. This is real good. I see women, I see men, I see families, I see couples. Um, my specialty, I also see children, adolescents. I work with kids with behaviors. So I do it all. Guys, make sure when you look at this, make sure if, if you know somebody, anybody that needs some type of uh, counsel, some type of therapy, please hit safe place, safe place in counseling. Correct. Safe place counseling consulting. Yes. Consulting with Miss Kosha Joseph. She's the number one to go to. And Kosha, one more time, could you give the people your information, your Instagram, your website, stuff like that, so they can find you easily? Absolutely. So you guys can find me on Instagram at She Counsels. You can find me on Facebook at She Counsels. Um, and you can also find me on LinkedIn at Kosha Joseph LPC. My website to my business is safeplacecounseling.org. There you go, guys. There you have it. That's Miss Costa Joseph. I'm glad you guys tuned back in to the uh Late Distinct podcast. This whole month, we're we're going to be specializing in mental health. We're going to be talking about some things that goes on in our community, as we always do, and building our community. Again, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I love you guys, and peace out. Mm -hmm.